Welcome to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern, the show that helps you turn your printing company into a bionic business. Here is your host, Ross Edwards. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Inkspire podcast, where each week we cover at least one of the three strategies that will help you build a bionic business, technology, culture, and process. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to chat about their experience and insight into being bionic and leading the way in the ever-changing industry of print. For today's episode, we're bringing you a recent chat that our CEO, Keith McMurtry, and I had with Marcus Timpson and Karis Kopp from FuturePrint about their new 2022 vision report, which explores how the industry has changed since our last report in 2021 and how businesses are plotting their course moving forward. So, first of all, um, Karis, um, what was the sort of the story behind this report? What what prompted you to put it together? Mm. So, um, we released the first one last year, uh, which we we began looking at in 2020, and we all know what 2020 was like, so we thought um, it's a great opportunity to kind of gauge what's going on both in, in, in the markets we operate in and, and in the wider economies, you know, there's so much turbulence mm. and then um, we wanted to, to get an idea of what our partners were doing and how they were kind of managing the crisis. Mm. Um, and, it, and it went really well. We got some really great feedback from the first one, some great input from partners. I think there's, there's no substitute really for, uh, for actually hearing what people in their businesses are, yeah. are doing and how they're helping their customers mm. and partners. And uh, so, yeah, so this year, yeah, we did it again. You know, things aren't fully back to normal, whatever that means, but we mm-hmm. wanted to see how things have evolved since the last report and also where people are now as we move on to, I think we've said before, it was crisis management. Now we're kind of looking a bit more long-term and, and how we kind of plot the course going forward. So, yeah, great input again from, from our partners as well as some, some third-party information on what's going on, you know, in, in the wider economy and the wider world. Yeah, I mean, obviously we were as much a part of that as, as everybody else. And yeah. 2020, I think calling it a crisis um, is, is a good way of describing it. Yeah. I think it was a time where um, all of a sudden, you know, employees really turned to their leaders and said, you know what, you really need to lead mm-hmm. right now. We, we need leading because the phrase unprecedented times was being banded around and and there was a huge amount of uncertainty and I, and I think definite fear. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was unprecedented times. In fact, in your report, um, what's interesting from that, you, you quoted um, McKinsey, who said it was the, uh, the great acceleration yeah. was, in, uh, was in 2020. So that sort of great acceleration, what, 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 what did that mean for, um, for the members, do you think, Marcus? Yeah, I, th- I think we, we saw both from a um, crisis perspective, you know, often change accelerates when we're given no choice, mm-hmm. we have to change, you know, when, when we have an option, typically humans tend to just stay in their comfort zone. Um, but I think we witnessed as well an acceleration of change in terms of social change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that kind of correlated with, with the, I guess, an acceleration in terms of adoption of new technologies and new ways of working. Um, we adapted very quickly, again out of necessity, I think, more than anything else. Some people, I guess there were two broad responses to the crisis. One was to hunker down and just wait for the storm to pass, mm-hmm. which is an understandable one. It's a human response, it's a fear response. 
and the other the other response is to kind of um, adapt and come out fighting a bit and kind of yeah. move forward and i think as you just said leadership mm. is really about not necessarily knowing the answers but moving forward anyway and moving forward with your people and whether they're your team your, your you know your employees or your customers to actually say okay we might not know the answers to this problem right now but by moving forward adapting trying new things out and also there's always an opportunity in a crisis um, there's always a problem that needs solving and if you're able to use your mind and put in place a kind of set of actions you can create opportunity there is opportunity yeah, and, yeah. and so yeah that that's kind of what we see and, and with the vision report really it's about future print we look to the future all the time but we we can only do that when we have inputs from various sources and we have a lot of partners including yourselves who have a really good uh insight and access to a a bunch of information that, that you know we correlate and bring it all together and Karis did a fantastic job of assimilating all of that and then putting it through in, into a cohesive story so which is the vision report so yeah it's yeah I suppose yeah. we work in um, if you like we're taking a helicopter view mm -hmm. of, the, of yeah. the industry mm -hmm. you know we're fortunate in that position because we're not living and breathing like some of our clients might yeah. be yeah we yeah. sort of be able to sort of helicopter above it and look down mm -hmm. and Mm. and see a bigger field of, of play mm. yeah sort of you know i i also uh, think that 2021 it was a, we have a we have a phrase internally where we have we call it high velocity decisions yeah. and and i we try and encourage um our, our team to make those high velocity decisions and so what does that mean it means well not having all of the information available yeah you know they did people business leaders didn't have the luxury of being able to waited out to see how things were going to change they had to react really quickly and i think you're right you know out of adversity comes opportunity yeah. and organizations made some good changes and i think certainly i can speak from experience you know i was able to facilitate change mm -hmm. uh, because you know my staff were looking at me saying lead i was able to facilitate change that I'd wanted to make yeah. for yeah. some time, but and they, catalyst, yeah, and, and, and there was, but there was, I had inertia to, to overcome, and it was a real challenge. But when this came along, that was an opportunity for me to to um, introduce change. Mm. You know, people people do want change, they just mm. don't want to change. Yeah. As a, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I agree with the the essence completely behind mm. the report. Um, and, and you know, one of the you know, obviously I've read through it, and um, the subject of digitization yeah. um, is, is quite a significant portion of it. So you know, what 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 do you mean by digitization, Caris? Mm. Well, it's something that 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 we've certainly looked at as one of the kind of key trends, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think it's 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 as we say that that moving forward with with those digital processes, that agility. I think Marcus definitely said in, in, in Fraser in the in the foreword there it's it's no longer a, a USP you know no. you don't really um, have a choice and we're, we're seeing it through kind of all of our partners or you know the yeah. vast majority of, of our partners mm. um, are embracing that and I think it's it's certainly like you said the acceleration mm. um, through, I think, through COVID. So it's picking up on that yeah. and I think the Prior to COVID we were kind of the difference between digitization and digitalization yeah I think we were all doing sort of kind of tactical deployments of that, but I think what COVID's done is, is, is kind of put it on a more strategic level to digitalization, to actually thinking, right, we now need to operate everything through the lenses of the digital business, yeah. and that will help us overcome problems 
within yeah. the supply chain and with the production and so on. So, um, yeah, so, so I think actually software and technology and, and, exactly. and bringing about automation into it to, yeah. to close the gap. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. software. I mean, my awareness of software prior to COVID was completely different to what it is now. Having used it for our virtual events and so yeah. on, and what, what's what's possible with it, it's incredible. And I think people have awoken mm. to that and realised that it can solve a whole bunch of things they didn't even weren't even privy to before. Um, and continuing so, like you just said, with automation and and, and kind of adding agility into uh, production of print, whether it's commercial print or industrial, whatever. Uh, yeah, I agree. Awareness has been a big challenge. I mean, I've, I've often talked about um, companies needing to have, you know, no matter what you do, a CTO, Chief yeah. Technology yeah. Officer. Yeah. You need to have an IT strategy. And that's not just about desktops or laptops. That's about all of your sort of um, your digital um, assets across the whole organization you need to understand you know what does what how things connect to get, connect together and in a manufacturing business that's even harder because you then have to factor in uh, equipment yeah. being connected in availability of connectivity people being able to work remotely which was thrust upon us you yeah. know all of a sudden we had to all make that decision are we going to send our workforce home? Can they work from home? Do we want them to work from home? What, yeah. what sort of problems will that create? Not just technical, um, not just technical challenges, mm. but also um, people challenges mm. as well, which I think we we'll, we might come on um, later. Um, so it has accelerated people's awareness of that. Mm. But I worry that that organisations have got the tools. And the resources to to run with this, they might know what they need to do. Which yeah. is, you know, we've been operating that integration space for a long time. Yeah. And people often have the vision, but they don't have that ability to execute that vision. And so, yeah. you know, talking to your members, you know, they they obviously aware of this. What's their sort of their view? I think the um, we we've run a couple of. Um, discussions around the thing what we call the five steps and this is particularly an application to, towards industrial ink yet which yeah. I know is different to commercial print yeah. but the point being that developing a new thing developing a new technology is often um, steps to take to avoid sort of um, making some fundamental mistakes and a critical one of all of those five steps is collaboration mm -hmm. and communication so collaboration meaning you will not necessarily know the answers so yeah. Be humble, mm. be, be open to talking to people that have got technology and, and experience to help you with your problem. Don't try and do it yourself. And I think that, that's a critical one. And then as well as collaboration, often working with maybe three or four different partners to kind of work the solution. And then, and then once they've gone from that, it's communication. So both understanding what your goal is, but then your team understanding and then creating a strategy and, and, and a path and process and yeah. underpinning it all was patience. Yeah. So it's not an instant button solution. No, you, need, you need to be yeah. realistic about it. Yeah. Mm. You, have to, you, have to you have to manage the expectation of mm. your of your teams mm. um, and, and, uh, and deal with, you know, address the risks because there are risks mm. about this yeah, whatever project failing. Yeah. Mm. Wholeheartedly agree, I've preached a long time about collaboration between mm between vendors and also pulling in that resource if you that knowledge if you've not got it internally yeah, yeah. it's really important is that mm. yeah and, and i think we are going to see 
more of it. We are seeing the, the, the tide turning in a number of ways. I think, like you said, having that um, that technology person kind of leading on, on that side of things. Mm. Um, just talking to businesses throughout the pandemic, there's a huge difference between the ones that were already implementing automation, had, you know, robust workflows, you know, that, that, that you know, weren't so siloed, things that actually mm. worked correctly in place compared to the people that had put it off and put it off, you, mm. you know, that mm. they were in such a better position mm. to, to handle it. And I think, and I know Faster talk about, you know, that future proofing of your business, that's something people are kind of definitely going to do a bit more of now that they were faced with COVID and faced mm. with those challenges, both from technology and also, as, as, as we were saying, you know, we were talking previously about already having implemented that strong culture, you know, you're in a much better position to carry that on through something like COVID or any other type of crisis. Mm. And same with, with how, how the, the business side runs as well. So I'm thinking hopefully people are, are building these things into their businesses now in case, you know, the, the next kind of disaster strikes again. Well, it's interesting. Let's talk about a disaster. Um, there's, there's, another, there's another disaster that a lot of people won't, don't realise is, is, is just outside their door. And that's security. Mm -hmm. Right, as as we put more and more emphasis on digital assets, you know, um, the risk of a security cyber attack has never been more prevalent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in the media um, constantly. You know, big names being being hit, um, and then you know ransoms being demanded uh, from them. But it's it's the disruption that 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 can um, that can bring to your business. And awareness, you, you know, companies have a CISO, a Chief Information Security Officer. Those aren't the people that need convincing about that. It's CEOs and MDs. They have to realise that that is a huge risk because the problem we've got, and this is a bit of a perverse um, uh, uh, irony, is that the more you connect products together, the more you open your mm. business up to a cyber attack, yeah. to a vulnerability, you know, being able to get in get information and hold your company to ransom, not just necessarily about being able to restore back to a working model, but being held to ransom, mm-hmm. taking, um, exfiltrating information about your um, about your customers or your suppliers or your, your individuals who work there. So it's a, you know, this, this digitization of your, of your entire estate yeah. has got huge, far-reaching um, impact. And I think that, to me, this sort of post-COVID landscape is where people really need to sort of um, skill up, yeah. shall we say. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about, um, what about diversification? You know, you talked about this sort of, you know, opportunity and, mm. and survival. You know, diversification is a, is a tactic that, um, that some people have employed, you know. I mean, mm. you know, any sort of comments on that? Yeah, I think, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, certainly going forward, it's it's A, things, of, it's a very competitive market. People are looking, like we said, you know, things that in COVID, like packaging that were but perhaps, you know, much less affected than, yeah. than other areas yeah. of, of the industry. Um, people kind of have to be looking at these these multiple revenue streams to make sure that they've They've got you know these these opportunities, and also it's 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 becoming easier to, to get into um, different markets. I think as well, there's there's more crossover, there's more convergence certainly between the um, the different markets. So yeah, I think certainly we're seeing um, 
people's diversification in efforts, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously there's a massive shift to e-commerce. Yeah. And the whole kind of principle of the long tail where you can buy what you want, how you want it, personalised and so on. Digital prints, all, we talked for, for years about what can be done with software and digital print, but seen very little uh, examples of it. But I think going forward now, that, that's, that's become a, a key source of, um, of revenue for a lot of people is, is e-commerce and that mm. does mean diversifying how you do things and what you do, um, whether you're printing onto unusual objects or whether it's printing um, sort of in packaging or whatever really, it's, it's happening. Um, and again, it's the, what the agile production businesses that are kind of benefited from that. But, um, I mean, Ross, your, your role um, yeah. as um, customer partnership manager, I mean, you'll, you've had relationships with our customers for, for many, many years now. Yeah. I mean, you must have come across those that have diversified into different mm -hmm. sectors. Yeah, and the challenges they face. Absolutely, it's, it's quite interesting that, you know, that that time brought that about for, for companies that were, a bit like you said before, maybe had it in the mind that they wanted to diversify, and, and this brought an opportunity to diversify, mm -hmm. um, by either offering new, new services, new products, um, getting online, you know, e-commerce, and, and the ones that already had that offering were, were in an advantageous uh, position. But even things like in you know, like in point of sale, for example, um, the point of sale industry had to, to, to learn how to react differently because um, it wasn't about having planned campaigns anymore mm -hmm. that, that they had um, the, the um, visibility of coming up and things. All of a sudden, the whole retail sector just didn't have campaigns, yeah. um, and, and it all all drew, fell away, and they uh, instead. We're dealing with more reactive things, uh, and, and it's only as time has progressed that the, the retail sector, as an example, has started to build up confidence to start to plan campaigns again. Yeah. Because now you know there's no fear of another lockdown and, and and things like that. So it kind of brought about a new way of working. So we talk about diversification in, in terms of like products and services, but it's also diversification in, in, in how you operate as well. Yeah. And yeah. I think we've seen a lot of that within businesses and. As another example, you know, during the furlough um, schemes and things, all of a sudden businesses were faced with this challenge of, well, we still need to um, deliver the same level of service and, and, and if not more, but with less people. So how can we do that? And I think that's one of the things that was a catalyst to people looking to software mm. and technology, to how can that help us do that? And, and how can, so that was kind of like a reactive thing. And now we're seeing businesses have been more strategic now. Now we're coming out of the other side, if you were, mm -hmm. and thinking, like you said before, about um, you know planning for something like this happening again, yeah. uh, making sure that they've got the, the systems in place to, mm -hmm. to, to support that. Yeah. I think, you know, do more with less is a mantra that seems to um, attach itself to so many different sort of facets of running a business now. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting you talked about the furlough scheme yeah. there. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about, in, in the report, they talk about, uh, I think the subject or the heading said, the great resignation. Mm -hmm. and, and people are such a valuable asset, mm -hmm. aren't they? Yeah. They're such a valuable asset. You can't just go online and go, do your research and go, oh, yes, that's, that's what I need. One of those, add to basket, check out, and they turn up and they come with a guarantee and you send it back if it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, you can't do that with people. Yeah. And, What's happened over this last 
couple of years um, is it's taught people to to have a, to relook at, the, at their work life balance. Yeah. Um, am I in the right place? You know, they, they, they've got more opportunities because all of a sudden the geographic boundaries that perhaps existed before, perhaps only in their own head, mm. have disappeared. Yeah. So people are reevaluating where they are and, and really looking at that sort of um, the detail behind their their, um, their, their their role, their job. Um, somebody said to me a little while ago, and we mentioned it, we were chatting earlier, that people don't leave their job, they leave their manager. Mm. Mm. So it's so important to create a fantastic culture mm. you know and that is is what is what is the right culture yeah i mean i can i can speak for hours on 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 the on the, on the culture um but you know what what can businesses do to to address this this exodus you talk about skilling yeah. up and they talk about communication but mm. you know mm. yeah i think i think yeah it's very interesting i think the power shifted and that's another yeah. kind of acceleration change. The power shifted from employer to employee now, mm. and employee, you know, the employees aren't necessarily running the business, but it's much more of an equal footing, isn't it? And it, and and you know, from what from what I understand from how you operate with your culture, it is very inclusive, very participative, yeah. very two way. Um, so you're getting the best kind of of both worlds really, um, in that you're then able to take that forward with your customers, that kind of collaborative approach. And um, so I think it, it will see an acceleration in how co companies are realising they've got to change the way they do work with their people and how they, uh, how they put in place growth strategies for people to grow within the business and so on, because they will leave and are leaving. And um, so, so, so that is a sea change at the moment, I think. And it's exciting, yeah. um, but it does mean that the traditional way of running a business isn't fit for purpose anymore. Yeah, and in investing in, in your people, isn't it? You know, mm. investing in an authentic way as well, I think. It needs mm. to come come from the top. You know, mm. culture isn't mm. putting a ping pong table in the break room and, yeah. you know... But, yeah, exactly. No, it's absolutely not. It's many things. I mean, you know, it comes under the banner of employee engagement, mm. which is not satisfaction. It's not mm. happiness. It's not reward. It's not feedback. It's an overall... Yeah. thing it's and really you know again picking up on your point the furlough and when we all we, we all of a sudden we had to tighten our belt um we had to do more with less yeah then that's when you rely on a strong employee engagement you know we you know we, we put a lot of demands on our team mm. and they all came through yeah you know they all came through they and that was because they were engaged we didn't have to ask them it's it's important that your team know your vision. Yeah. That you yeah. communicate your mission, what you know, what and the values. And, and to identify with the values. Yeah. yeah. And, and to bring them in, in into it as in well. Being yeah. inclusive, you know, it was a terrible time for people who were on furlough. They didn't know what was going on. So communicate, communicate. And mm. you've got to keep that sort of um, that that mantra yeah. going through. I, I just want to say, and just say, you know, telepathy is not a, an effective means of communication with your staff. Absolutely not. No, and I, I think just what you say, said there, Ross, shared values. I think when you think long term, you think about Gen Z, and we were talking earlier about it. You know, they, it's not the, the days are gone when companies be like, this is how we do things, and if you don't like it, you can, mm -hmm. you know, you mm -hmm. can leave. Gen Z will, you know, they will just leave. They have the choice. They want somewhere that. 
values them, shares their values, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. share, it's the, it's the commitment to the environment, it's the commitment to mm -hmm. people, it's the commitment Absolutely. to understanding, you know, mm -hmm. that a work-life balance is important. It's not just, oh, you know, a pat on the back because you were here till midnight and then you came in early, you know, that's not healthy for, for people. And it, people mm -hmm. need to be looking at the work-life balance and, and long-term, yeah. there will be that shift. So companies are going to get left behind unless they're they're thinking about their culture and their employee engagement. Yeah, and I think because ultimately, it, it, like you know, you need your people, you need your culture to make your technology work. Mm -hmm. but, you know, it, the, 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 it's not one or the other. It, it's you need both of them. And, yeah. and you know, like I say about the Gen, Gen Z as an example, that they will I, I value place uh, importance, should I say, on the values of a business and being able to identify that overpay. Yeah. Uh, and and, and yeah. I think this is kind of behind uh, the, the great resignation, if you will, the big resignation, because mm -hmm. people have, have took time to evaluate themselves, haven't they? And, and so other generations have started to think, actually, does this fit with my with me? Does this fit with my life? And, mm -hmm. and I, I can work somewhere else now because of mm -hmm. geographical barriers being taken down, like you said. So yeah. I think placing that importance on your people or yeah. that, that allows you to drive technology, put systems in place, but also ultimately offer more value to your customers Absolutely. and to differentiate. A lot of people are kind of calling it the, the great reshuffle now rather yeah. than great resignation because it is, it's people finding their place, realising they can go somewhere else if they're valued somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this is a catalyst for it. Like you said, some of the barriers are in your own head. You think, oh, well, I work, I've worked here a while and mm. I don't really want to start somewhere change else and that kind of thing. Fear. Yeah, I don't want to change. change. But now it's like, yeah. actually, you know, it is a reset. It is, mm. you know, a, a, a fresh start in some way. So people are reshuffling and, mm. and heading and elsewhere. And there's a shortage, isn't there? A shortage of skill there. Absolutely. Yeah. There is, there is. It's so hard. I mean, it's, a, it's hard enough getting people to come into this industry as it is. Mm. Mm. You know, it really is, yeah. you know. And then, as you said, you know, the, the Gen Zs, they, they've got to feel like they're contributing to an overall purpose yeah. really, yes, really quickly. Really yeah. quickly. They have to have the right... Key, yeah, purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, that you know, they talk about um, motivation and the three, the three components mm. are autonomy, you know, being given the, you know, the freedom to, to add your own play. Yeah. Uh, mastery, having the opportunity to get better at something, mm. and then purpose. Mm. Yeah. It needs to be, and it doesn't come back in anything, salary isn't in there. Mm. You know, it's those things. It's interesting that money isn't the core motivation. It isn't the yeah. core motivation. No, yeah. and there's many yeah. studies that show that people are not, they are motivated by a higher purpose. And once you reach yeah. a certain level of okay, yeah. then yeah. there are other things that, they, they buy, uh, yeah. that, that decide for you whether you want to stay working at a particular organisation. And uh, give people the opportunity to say be inclusive. Um, tell them what you're doing. Yeah. That's the number one thing. You know, we, I mean, we do have a good culture now, but it, mm. it didn't happen automatically. Mm. Uh, we we really had to, to, we had to work at it, and we had to take some really, a, a, a good punch on the chin here and there. Um, mm. When we realised we, you know, somebody went around and surveyed everybody, and he realised, I don't, I, I never thought that about my yeah and i would say a lot a lot of companies out there don't realize they think mm. they've got something good in place yeah oh no we've got as you said we've got a football table or a ping pong table that's mm. great we've mm. got free fruit yeah but it's not that it's no. it's, a, it's many other it's many other facets yeah, it's almost like the equivalent of greenwashing isn't it where you do mm. these gestures that, that, that yeah. aren't authentic underneath yeah um and, and, and you know it, it's it's 
but yeah, deep down into the actual exactly. what yeah. does this mean for your team and, and, and how can we create that culture by working together? Mm. Yeah. So I, I just I I refer to you know March twenty twenty. It's ingrained in everybody's mind, yes. isn't it? You know, I refer to it as the COVID blip. As an yeah. acknowledgement to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. where so many years of people's lives disappeared, yeah. and um, <laughs> and you know it's been like that for us. You know, we all go back. Oh, it's like it's some apocalyptic event that took place, and yeah. you think, oh yeah, pre-COVID, pre-COVID, you know, yeah. and two years have disappeared. But what has happened in the last two years is this huge acceleration. Mm. There's been a huge sea change um, mm. across across all. All industry, not just you know, not just yeah. the wonderful industry that we work in. Mm. Uh, working conditions have improved. You know, we've just talked about that. There's been technological advancements, yeah. and um, you know, it's accelerated business de- decisions, which mm. I think is mm. um, all positive. Mm. All yeah. positive. So, but I don't think we're out of the proverbial woods just yet. I'm, I'm sure that we all we all know. And do you ever get out of the woods? I don't know. It always mm. just seems to be. Um, one issue after another, but I'm 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 pretty sure you know our industry is renowned for its tenacity and its yeah. innovation and its adaptability, you know, its adaptability and resilience. Well, and resilience. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I, I'm still confident there really is a, a bright future in print. Oh, yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Mm. yeah, definitely. I'd just like to say, you know, uh, thanks, Marcus. Thanks uh, for having us for uh, for uh, taking part. Caris, thank you. Ross, thanks as always. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Inspire podcast. I hope you managed to find some nuggets of inspiration from today's interview, or at the very least, had fun listening. Thanks. You've been listening to the Inspire podcast from Tharstern. If you have any questions about today's show or you're interested in being a guest, head over to our website and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Until then, thanks for listening.